Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Welcome, and thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Maryland's Most Notorious Murders, where the most gruesome, the most brutal, the most high-profile homicide cases in Maryland are examined and profiled. This season, season two, teen killers are discussed and profiled. On this episode, teenage murderer, 14-year-old Artisha Holt is profiled and the unsolved homicide of 25-year-old Ranika Howard is examined. Most teenagers that tote guns have a violent past or criminal history or teens that are bold enough or aren't afraid to shoot are usually like male. It's not real common in Maryland for our killers to you know, especially our shooters, to be young females. And it used to be that robbery crimes or like violent homicides were committed by young men. Now, young females are getting more bold, more brazen, and females today are toting guns like their male peers. And guess what? They ain't scared to shoot, ain't scared of retaliation, and they ain't scared of the threat of a prison sentence because for some, life is so bad, so traumatic, so harsh for them on the outside that prison becomes like a savior to some women. I mean, prison has become like a country club to some people, like a big giant rehab. I mean, and it's no longer some deterrent to keep a person from committing major crimes untreated or undiagnosed mental illness in teens that leaves dedicated parents with almost no real option or no real help or discipline and as a result the outcome violent mentally ill kids that are left to do whatever the fuck they want to do with very little consequences take the case of 14 year old Artisha Holt intelligent, loving, joyful, and a people person. Artisha was a good motivated seventh grader at Booker T. Washington Middle School. According to friends and family, the teen had an explosive, dynamic, and violent temper that she struggled to control. A typical tomboy, Artisha wasn't into frilly, girly stuff like boys in clothes or makeup. Instead, she preferred playing football and basketball with the dudes in the neighborhood. According to an article in the Afro newspaper, Artisha was prone to violent outbursts when she got angry and didn't get her way. Once, it was reported that she completely destroyed her family's house ripping pictures off the wall, storming and slinging 
pictures and stuff around. She tossed an ashtray across the room and she kicked out a heating vent like a two-year-old. She threw this massive temper tantrum, temper tantrum as a full-grown teenager, all because her infant nephew had stepped on a bowl of strawberries. Her mother knew something was off with her daughter and she struggled with what to do. In interviews with reporters, our teacher's mother told them that even though her daughter was a good student, she often had severe behavior problems with her temper at home and in the classroom. In my house, there are rules. You have to clean up. You can't cuss. A child has to be a child like children should be, her mother told reporters for the Baltimore Sun. She said she kept a strict home and her rules and her regulations they often clashed between the rage of her teenage daughter. She said her daughter often bottled up her rage and anger, and when she did, the results were disastrous. She told them that Artisha often talked about wanting to commit suicide, and when she got real depressed and angry at home, she would pack up her stuff and hit the streets. Sometimes she would stay with her aunt, or she was bounced around from to other relatives and was shifted for shifted to different schools. Her mother begged the state of Maryland for help. She pleaded with the authorities to either arrest her daughter or have her committed to a locked mental institution for her own safety. But she was told that in order for them to have her daughter arrested or committed, that she would have to commit an actual crime first. And her mother would have to sign away all of her parental rights to her daughter. When Artisha eventually got arrested for a minor theft incident, to try to teach her daughter a lesson, Artisha's mother left her in the jail overnight, trying to let her know where she was headed. The plan backfired, and it only made her daughter even more infuriated. She refused to go back to her mother's house, and instead, was placed in foster care with her aunt for two weeks who lived in Northeast Baltimore. It wasn't exactly the help that her mother was looking for and the behavior problems continued. On a hot, sticky summer evening in August, Artisha's fury eventually spilled over and got the best of her. Like a pot of overcooked grits, Artisha's anger raged onto two innocent victims. On August 13, 2010, 43-year-old Jose Rodolfo Gonzalez Correas and his friend, 26-year-old Wilmer Bonilla, who were friends of Hispanic and Honduran descent, were sitting and talking on the steps of a row home in the 100 block of Linwood Avenue near Patterson Park in Southeast Baltimore. Artisha had it in her mind she was going to try to get some money. So with a gun in her hand that she had stole, she approached the two men sitting on the steps and demanded their money. Man, they looked at the girl standing in front of them with a gun demanding their money in the middle of the day. Perhaps thinking that this 135-pound kid standing in front of them was a joke. The men laughed at her, surely thinking that this kid can't be serious. And she's a little girl too? 
Well, the laughter stopped and it wasn't funny no more when that same little girl pulled the trigger of that Silver Smith & Wesson 32 caliber revolver that she was holding and struck both Jose and Wilmer. One bullet grazed Wilmer's head and another bullet struck Jose right in the center of his forehead. After shooting both men, Artisha ran off for help. <clears throat> Artisha ran off. Wilma was able to flag down a Baltimore City police officer for help who was nearby, and both Wilma and Jose were rushed to John Hopkins Hospital. Wilma was treated and released for the graze wound to his head, but Jose was placed on life support in a medically induced coma. He died a week later around 5 a.m. on August the 20th, 2011, after it was determined that he was brain dead. Artisha later found her older 19-year-old brother and reportedly confessed and cried to him what she did. I did it, I did it, she told him as she gave him the gun for safekeeping. Her brother helped her to get away from the neighborhood and he took the gun from her and started carrying it around in a black bag and started showing it to all of his friends, telling them what the gun had been used for and how he planned to sell it. When Artisha was eventually arrested a few days later, uh, she had already been arrested and was in juvenile custody for disturbing, uh, a disturbing the peace charge after school, where she had zapped out in anger and tossed some chairs at, at the school, like in a fight. Charged as an adult with first-degree murder, attempted murder, first and second-degree assault, armed robbery, and possession of a firearm, and attempted theft, Artisha became the youngest female in Maryland history to be charged with first-degree murder. After homicide detectives located her brother, he threw the murder weapon on the ground as they started to chase him. The gun was recovered and her brother was caught, arrested, and charged with being an accessory after the fact. After Artisha's arrest, a police spokesman said in a statement, It's absolutely heinous that a 14-year-old girl would go out on the street with an illegal gun and kill somebody in an attempt to rob them, and for what? At first, her aunt didn't even believe it. Until she tells me that she did it, I don't believe it. I don't allow guns in my home, don't even like guns. So for them to say that she got a gun and shot somebody, no, no, no. I really didn't have too many problems with her. She came home at a reasonable time. She wasn't in a gang. She wasn't homeless. She wasn't lost in the streets. She had her own problems that she struggled with in her head, like stress, but she wasn't pounding the streets. I'm still waiting for my niece to walk through the door with a joke or something about her day. This is, the, this is a life we're talking about. She's still only 14 years old. We're not talking about an adult that will be able to handle depression. It hurts. You know, a, a man's life was lost, but we're losing a life too. A typical 14-year-old child has their ups and downs. One minute they might be happy, the next minute they might be sad. They told my sister that she could not get an IEP for Artisha because she wasn't challenged academically. She was challenged behaviorally. They turned her down. She didn't have any help. 
this is the statement that her sister made to the African-American newspaper. Our teacher's mother said that she was completely horrified by the allegations and she tried repeatedly over and over to get help for her daughter and she but she never ever anticipated in a million years that she would be facing murder charges she didn't see signs at all i mean she said i don't condone taking a life if she took this man's life then she needs to be prosecuted but she's still a child she needed help and when we asked for help they wouldn't give it at first the detectives thought that artisha's shot the two men as some sort of gang initiation like somebody made her do it but that theory was quickly put to bed she felt she could get some money you feel me she went out there and she ain't expected to happen she broke down that's what her cousin told reporters and her, her brother was more blunt he said she stole the gun and she started working and basically she felt she was gonna get some money Artisha's attorneys, they did try unsuccessfully, unsuccessfully to like move her homicide case to juvenile, to a juvenile court because they told the judge that she could receive the treatment, the nurturing, and basically the huge slap on the wrist that most often, most, most, most likely what teen offenders receive in the juvenile justice system, I would say. But the judge this time wasn't having none of it. He wasn't moved by all this so-called remorse. Like the teen who was taking school courses and medications and for depression and sleep disorders. All the changes that she was making in her life during sentencing. He wasn't focused on none of that. So after Artisha eventually did admit her guilt and pled guilty to second degree murder instead of the first degree. She received a 50-year prison sentence with all but 15 years suspended. Her brother, he didn't get off easy either, but her brother did plead guilty to being an accessory after the fact, and he received a concurrent three to five-year prison sentence with all of that suspended. Neither of them had any real criminal record before this happened. Now, the reason why this particular case was notorious in the state of Maryland was because as I stated in the synopsis in the profile um, she uh, Artisha Hope became at the time the youngest female to ever be charged with first degree murder in the state of Maryland um, I was like wow I, that I'm not surprised a little bit by um, some of the murders that I researched but this one I was like wow I can't even imagine like the anger that she must have felt constantly to really just wow no hesitation pull the trigger don't even know these dudes demanding money 14 years old y'all 14 i mean temper tantrums are one thing but destroying a house and snatching pictures and stuff off the wall and kicking vents out the door that's like wow i mean i i've that's that's not normal to me I mean, I've seen it before in maybe younger kids, but a teen like that, I can't even imagine what the diagnosis would be. I mean, I, I'm not sure. I mean, mood disorder, some type of anger issue. Um, the question is, can something like this be rehabilitated or, or could she be rehabilitated? I shouldn't say something like this, but um, 
could she be rehabilitated and learn how to control her anger once the day she is placed in society because that will happen one day one day she will be released i've written to atisha uh several times and she did respond once um it's been a couple years um before when she did respond i actually can't find the letter <laughs> but when i do find that i will make that available uh to my readers um i wasn't really I mean, this this story, like I said, I was surprised by this story when I heard from it. I mean, when I heard about it, um, because I can't imagine being that angry about anything and growing up with that much rage. Um, I, that's what I wanted to talk to her about. I wanted to ask her where did all that rage come from and how could that ever be curtailed or suppressed once she's released back into society um this is an interesting story that i will definitely keep you guys or my listeners posted as to the outcome of what happened once i locate the letter that i did receive from her it's like i said it's been years and i've moved and everything changed homes and everything so i know i do have a copy of the letter it's just somewhere i have to find it um but i will make that available um uh to my readers uh once that's available once i find it This episode's unsolved homicide is the mysterious shooting death of 25-year-old Ranika Howard. On Thursday, January the 10th, 2019, someone shot 25-year-old Ranika Howard several times in the upper body around 5.20 p.m. in the 2700 block of Fisk Road in Cherry Hill. Shot dead in the middle of the street while she was unloading groceries from her car, Renika was killed in front of her seven-year-old son on his freaking seventh birthday. A neighbor who didn't want to be identified told reporters for the Baltimore Sun that she almost saw the shooting. She said that she had parked her car and she had been walking her grocery... walking carrying her groceries in her home when she saw Renika, who was also carrying bags from the store. The neighbor said that she thought about going back to her car to get more groceries, but that instead she decided to drop the bags that she was already carrying in her house. Once she got inside, she said that's when she heard five or six shots. I just froze and I said, Whoever that is, I hope they're okay. She said she didn't see a shooter. I just saw her fall. I just seen her fall, she said. After Renika was shot, the neighbor did call 911. Baltimore City Police and paramedics responded and came to the scene and Renika was rushed to a local hospital. But unfortunately, this young mother died shortly after. Renika who had been in the process of celebrating her son's seventh birthday, was getting party supplies, was described by friends and family as a church-going young mother who spent almost all of her time with her son. She was well-respected in her community, and as a young mother, she and her son were inseparable as she volunteered at his elementary school 
which is something not easy to do, and they reportedly went everywhere together. The neighborhood of Cherry Hill had a candlelight vigil. They did held a candlelight vigil, vigil for Renika the day she was killed. Everybody that knew us, that was my heart. Six years old, we met each other, and we have been in each other's lives ever since, her best friend said in a statement to reporters. I'm looking for answers. She is a good girl, a good mom. Why, why, I don't know, Renika's mother told reporters. The police and detectives have no clues or no motive in this young woman's murder. Come on, people. Seriously, killed in front of a seven-year-old daughter? So you're destroying basically two lives on his seventh birthday? What is with you, people? I mean, let's let's get this one solved. Like, this one, this is beyond ridiculous. I mean, I can't even imagine in my wildest dreams what um, her son would be going through and possibly reliving each day on his seventh birthday. I, I, I can't imagine the trauma of what he went through witnessing something like this. I can't imagine the devastation anybody would feel, especially if like they were inseparable, always together. Uh, this deserves to be solved. This shouldn't even be a cold case. Um, I understand this was a year where homicides were out of control, but look, in, in, in Baltimore City, homicides are always out of control. But to kill a young mother in front of her seven-year-old son on his seventh birthday, wow, man, that that's cruel. That's cruel, and that should be, this should be solved. You know, I mean, come on, like I said, this is, this is ridiculous at this point. If you have any information at all that you can lead, that can lead to an arrest or conviction, you can remain anonymous. I mean, please call Baltimore City Homicide Detectives at 410-396-2100 or 1-866-7-LOCKUP. You can also submit a tip online at www.metrocrimestoppers, that's metrocrimestoppers with an S, dot org. You can even text them at MCS plus whatever tip you want to provide to crimes, C-R-I-M-E-S, or 274637. Once again, if you have any information at all that at all that can lead to an arrest or conviction in this cold case, please call Baltimore City Homicide Detectives. That number again is 410-396-2100 or 1-866-7-LOCKUP. You can also submit a tip online at www.metrocrimestoppers.org. You can even text them at MCS plus whatever tip you want to provide to CRIMES, C-R-I-M-E-S, or 27467. Thank you for tuning in this week. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast for updates on new and upcoming episodes. Also, 
please be sure to check out all of the books related to this podcast on Amazon entitled Maryland's Most Notorious Murders 1990 through 2008 and Maryland's Unsolved Homicides Volume 1. Maryland's Most Notorious Murders 2009 through 2020 will be released in the upcoming 2022. Both of these books, as well as all seven books, are all available on Amazon.com. Please be sure to tune in next week, where another gruesome, high-profile homicide will be profiled and examined on Maryland's Most Notorious Murders. This has been a real-life production.